fog of borders Good and evil is torn between this All that I can be is this All that you will see is this Cause I'm a natural born born Good and evil is torn between this All that I can be is this All that you will see is this here I am, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Rockwell, on the road with Tim Rockwell, chilling with the villain. I keep promising you guys a podcast. I keep telling you I'm going to do a podcast, and episode three is finally here. I ch- I'm going to be real with you guys. I tried to do a episode three by myself. I did it. It lasted 20 fucking minutes, and honestly... I was going to give you guys a 20-minute podcast because, let's be real, a lot of you guys listen to me at work or on the road, and who the fuck just drives for 20 minutes? Who the fuck just wrestles for 20 minutes? Now, I will say, this is the first on this podcast. I am under the influence because my guest is a very bad influence on me, damn it. But it's okay because uh, this shit needs to be done. Shit needs to be done. Um, there's gonna be a lot of shit we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna kick. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna kick the shit. We're gonna shoot the shit. We're gonna do everything that we can possibly possibly think of. At this time, Excal just texted me, and I don't want to read that because I bet you it's gonna be some fucked up shit. Probably. Uh, anyways, my first guest is none other than Richie motherfucking Adams. Uh, some nice. of you guys might not be familiar with Richie, so I'm going to make you understand who Richie is. Richie, so I'm going to start off with who is Richie Adams? Richie Adams. I'm a bad influence on Tim. That's who Apparently I am. you are, man, because you're fucking making me take shots, giving me yeah, beers, you know. Shots. I brought a six-pack. And I those... normally smoke weed on this show. I don't even normally drink. Yeah, yeah those, uh, those uh, Coors Lights I brought you. I got the Coors Originals. We're having a good time. But, you know, before I even get started, I got first to know, first. Why, doesn't, why doesn't Richie Adams smoke weed? You know... I smoked weed when I was young, man. I, I'm talking, I was like seventh grade when I first smoked weed. Uh, did that for a while. Got into some other things later on. And, and honestly, I just realized years and years later, I just didn't like the way it made me feel. Like, honestly, I would do other more harsh shit than weed. Sounds weird, but it just gets me, t- I don't know, man. You know, like, I'm just not in my right mind when I'm on it. So I, just I bet Dutch, Dutch begs to differ. I, I surprisingly yes, Dutch shocks me. <laughs> Dutch, Dutch shocks me every day. Yeah, but anyways, we're not we're not talking about Dutch. We're talking about Richie Adams. Who is Richie Adams? Explain to everybody, just in case they don't know. Just maybe, maybe just in case they don't follow WFC or they go to WFC shows. I want them to know who the fuck is Richie Adams. Richie Adams. He's. Deep down, he's a southern boy, born and raised in Louisiana. 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 Give me those crawfish boils, uh, man. I'm watching. Six. Cut you off. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay. Before you explain, you've got to do another one of them fucking crawfish boils, man. Okay. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've people, never had crawfish before. People, remind Tim. I'm telling him right now. 
I want to do a WFC Crawfish Boil benefit for one of the kids. We do a show, I want the week before Crawfish Boil. Let's do it in August. Let's do it. Let's do it in August. They're out of season then, but I'll see what I can do. Fuck! Okay, when are they in season? When are they in season? Uh, they're just about to be out of season, like right now. Son of a bitch. But we can do shrimp. I'm sure I can find Let's some. Let's plan it for fish. next year then. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah that's easier. Yep. Crawfish we'll plan it for next year. All right. Year, Anyways, who yeah. the fuck is Richie Adams? Yeah, man, Richie Adams, dude. I've been a uh, wrestling fan all my life, like us like wrestlers all are. I mean, no matter what you say, we've all grew up a fan of wrestling. And I think, I mean, I love dealing with WFC now. We got this charity thing going. Um... I love helping out, and I just want to, uh, I just fucking love wrestling, man. Like, I I love going out there and being a different, kind of a different person for about 20 minutes, and what, what, uh, what you don't really see, like, looking in from the outside, I mean, I love helping out as much as I can. Like, I always contact Tim and say, what else can I do? Like, I run the social media I just want to help out as much yes, as possible. Yes, that's true, because not many people know. You do run our Instagram at WFC. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and there's a few people that run different things. Uh, we have someone that runs our Facebook, someone that runs our Instagram, someone that runs our YouTube, someone that runs our fucking uh, Twitter, so on, so on, so on. Not the same person runs the same thing, so that's why you can get different views at different outlooks on everything. Yeah. Um, but out of everything you just fucking told me, it still didn't tell me who the fuck Richie Adams is. Like, <laughs> like, where did the influence come from? Who was your influence? Who made you? I mean, because I can goddamn guarantee you that you're a Randy Orton fan, so I ain't even gonna yeah. fucking go back. I we don't even okay. gotta talk about that. So we so, can go back when I was a kid. I even loved the heels when I was a kid. I mean, of course, we all Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, but man. I'm telling you, even back then, I was a huge fan of, like, Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, which you can kind of see that kind of cocky, arrogant mm -hmm. thing out of me nowadays. Even. Son of a bitch, you're a cocky yeah. motherfucker. So, like, back then, even, man, I, I was a huge fan of the bad guys. Like, even in movies, like, I, I rooted for the bad guys. Like, I knew I wanted to be a bad guy. It is bullshit that the bad guy always dies at the end. Yeah. I refuse to let that happen. But I will not die. But let's see, like, I've always... You know, love that aspect and just being a different character. The uh, motherfucking like immortal Richard Adams. Yeah, That's what yeah I I've like. always loved. You know, like being able to showcase a, like a skill that no one ever thought I would have. Yeah. Like my parents always said, "Hey, when I grow up, I want to be a wrestler." They're like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> Sounds uh, like my parents. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck ever? Go do what you want. Yeah. So when I face. did it, it shocked so many people because I know so many of us do it. That it's like, okay, yeah, we're just wrestlers. But I think when you got, like, your families and, like, looking at it, it it's, like, such a big deal. But to me, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm a wrestler. I've been doing it for 10 years. But it's like, when I first started doing it, man, it's like people were shocked. At, like, like, how do you do this and, you know, I get, you know, like, not get hurt? I was like, well, I've been hurt before. It hurts. So, but I just love, like, taking that risk. And, you know, wrestling is such a unique thing to do it's like people just don't get it man because it's so easy to say oh fake fighting duh, duh. yeah like, well yeah i don't want to be that one that says well step in the fucking ring and see but really like just look at you know i've had a surgery because of it you've had a surgery you just mm -hmm. recently had a mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so it's like taking that big risk man but like richie adams i can't just give you a sentence on who he is but it's just you know 
man, I just love I guess this. more or less, where did the name come from? Okay, so here's a funny story. I was trying to come up with a name, and back then I was training under, you know, Shane Morbid and Mike and Dutch and all those guys, and we were... Which is funny, because I was wanting to get into training, yeah. so this is perfect. And, like, it was time to debut, and Mike was like, get your gear. I was like, well, I don't know what to fucking get. He's like, what's your name? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I've always loved... Well, my name. name's Adam. <laughs> How you doing, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> so I've always Asshole. loved the name Vinny. I've always loved the name Vinny. And I wouldn't say regret, like, a regrettably, but Shane Morbid talked me out of Vinny, because there's... A few Vinnies in the business. Vinny yeah, Vinny out. Man. Yeah, yeah. And there's a movie. One of my favorite movies is, is uh, Summer of Sam. And there was a guy on that movie. His name was Richie. He was played by uh, fucking Adrian Brody. And Summer of Sam is a great movie based in the 70s about the killer, the you know, the son of Sam killer back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was this like punk rocker dude. He was like fucking, you know, had that kind of... Like wannabe British accent thing, yeah, going yeah, on, yeah, which yeah. is funny because now you know, like, yeah, because what what we <laughs> yeah, evolved yeah. to, and so, but his name was uh, uh, Richie in the movie. I was like Richie, Richie, sorry, that's such a like Richie is such a fucking douchey name, and no. I wanted the douchiest name possible, so I was like Richie. I have never heard anybody in this business named Richie. Never. Yeah. There might be somewhere, but I'm just saying, I've never seen it. Yeah. So I was like Richie. And, like, I wanted something legitimate, so I was like, I'll just use my first name. Well, actually, my middle name, technically. So I was like, Richie Adam, Richie Adams. Yeah. So, fucking Richie Adams. And that's Richie when Richie Adams. Adams was born. Richie Adams was born. And see, I, this is what I like. I like when people utilize their own name, but, like, yeah. use it, you know, like, Michael Hicklebottom. Yeah. Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know? So, it was kind of cool. You yeah. took the Shawn Michaels route on your name. Two weeks before I debuted is when I came up with the name. Because on my... Ricardo yeah. Adams. But, like, on my paperwork... When I got my first license, like I had it done like in advance, I made copies of like uh, my name, my original name was going to be Vinny Sorvino. <laughs> oh, wow. So you would have done like an Italian gimmick, yeah. I guess? So uh, Shane was like, that's cool and all, but can you stick with that whole fucking, that gimmick the rest of your career? I was like, that's kind of a good point. So like, it made me sit back and think that's kind of like the first thing I learned of like, well, okay, can I, can I do that constantly? But did you do it constantly? Well, no, because, uh, like, my family was half Italian, and I come from, like, an Italian background, too, and I just didn't want to, you know, constantly be in that deal, so I was like, I'll just come up with something a little more, less than that, so I didn't want to constantly have that Italian gimmick where I just had to, like, keep it up, so, uh, that's when I kind of thought about it a little bit more, and I said... Yeah, this guy named Richie on Summer of Sam. So I went with Richie and Richie Adams. And that's when he was born. So Tim uh, went to go take a piss. So I'm going to sit here for a second. But yeah, that is Richie. And actually, my first match, Mike Two, the owner of Compound at the time, asked me who I wanted to work. And I said, well, Shane Morbin wanted me to be... You know, my first, Shane Morbid wanted him to be my first match. And so, you know, Shane and Mike was like, well, do you want to fucking die your first night? I was like, well, I mean, I've handled him in training. So, you know, whatever, let's do this. And I did not know at the time how much intensity would be at the shows. And he said, and Shane told me it's going to be 
10 times harder than training. I was like, all right, cool. And I fucking went out there, walked through the curtain. I was so nervous. I was like, I hadn't eaten all day. I was just like so nervous. And then as soon as I stepped in the curtain, it was like natural. I was like, this is fucking amazing. And he chopped me and forearmed me so hard the whole match. But it was like this amazing high that I had. And I had about 30 or 40 people that came out there at that small ass church, at that small, nasty, rain, rain water dripping church, rain water into the ring church that it's still near and dear to my heart. Like when I pass it, I get those memories, man. Just a lot, a lot of a lot of a lot of Texas memories. Yeah, about training that and just you know, like that's where I started, man. So no matter what the building is like, man, this is where I started. So it was one of the most amazing nights of my life, man. Is that first night when I debuted? As Would you had. say Shane Morbid was your toughest opponent you've ever had? Uh. Man, honestly, not just he's done a lot of fucking fucked up shit to you, so dude. Not just because he's my trainer, but I will say yes, man. He he was hard on me and like like to a lot of people, but I've also had a couple like what the fuck moments, man. Like my one of the last matches I had with him when I dropped the title back to him. Uh, actually, Tim, you texted me the next day and said, "Hey, you good?" Because you said that. Finish was kind of dickhead. I was like, yeah, that was yeah. pretty fucked up. Yeah, I thought he it was had went to the bar with Barry that night. I'm not sure what his deal was. I think maybe he might have had Michael this, like, Barry. Yeah, like he might have had this deep kind of inside like resentment of giving the title to me mm-hmm. like eight months earlier. But like we're good. Like it was all good. But it was just kind of like a a weird. Like I was like really fucking confused. And and after that night, like I was taking a break because of my back. I had a pretty fucked up back back then. And so I knew that once I dropped the title that I was going to take a little break. But at that time, me and Sam were together. And at one point during the match, dude, like, I was just fucking... I was getting punked, you know. That was before I kind of realized I need to stick up for myself. And I was getting fucking punked, man. That dude rung my bell a few times. Sam, like, I was on the outside and Sam actually grabbed me during the match and said, You good? I was like, I fucking think so. <laughs> and I was like, let's get this match over with. So great answer. <laughs> so Sam, uh, no, uh, Shane gave me this asylum forearm as a finish, and we didn't talk about shit. That was at the point in my career when I still had to kind of know like everything that was going to go on during the match. Yeah. And he was like, "No, no, we're good. We'll just you know do the." Blah, blah. I'm like, "Dude, like, what are we going to do?" He's like, "Well, like, I'll talk to you." I'm like, "Okay," and I could get barely any offense in. And it was just, like, I was fucking kind of, like, resented towards him. I was like, dude, what the fuck is your problem, man? But uh, I took it and went home. And I, Tim, you texted me. And I kind of felt good because you noticed it. And, like, other people noticed. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was pretty fucked up. And so I kind of took that and kind of said, okay, well, no matter who it is, I mean, I can't just let people, you know, puff me out. No, not at all. And funny story, the first time I met Excal. He had came back. I forget where he was, but he came back and said, "Hey, my name is Excal." I was like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" What's Motherfucking Excal, you know who I am. And then he goes, "Hey, man, uh, I never met you before, but I watched that match with you and Shane. Don't ever let someone punk you out like that." I'm like, "All right, cool." You know, so I was like, you know, kind of confused. I was like, so young, like in the yeah, movies. yeah, you know, for sure. 
and he was like, no, man, like, if someone's doing that to you, you just, like, like don't fucking let that shit happen to you. I was like, okay, so X-Cow was kind of the one that kind of gave me that little boost to say, you know, like, don't let this shit happen to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But. Which we can lead into the time that you first met me. Oh, God. Since we're, since, since we're into the okay. first met. Let's move into that because I, I kind of want to know. Uh, you have to refresh my memory because I, I remember, but I don't because we're talking ten years from now. Oh yeah, yeah. So or ten years ago. So so uh, when I trained, when I was training, you know, I had about eight months of training. Uh, Tim came in, and just like all the other guys, it was handshakes, hi and goodbye, nothing more than that. And I didn't really expect anyone to conversate with me. I was just focused on being as respectful as possible, and I didn't want to try to be one of the boys and be like, hey guys, what's going on? And look like a dumbass. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of did my thing and stayed for the shows, tore down, cleaned up, went home. The night I debuted, me and Shane had a really good match. And that was the night that uh, we had a match. He, he went over and he was in a, a feud with Draven. Draven came out with the chair. Young ass Draven and too. Fucking Shane, you know, Juiced, got the fucking juice all over the ring, and he was like cut open pretty bad. And I was outside talking to Shane about the match, and Tim Rockwell comes out there. He's like, "Okay, mind you, I've never spoken a word to this guy." Tim, how long? How long's it been? Eight months. Eight months. Eight months. Eight months. You, uh, you were (laughs) part of Compound. And Tim. I didn't say a goddamn word to you in yep. eight months, right? <laughs> what a fucking dickhead. Tim motherfucking Rockwell runs outside. He's like, I just told Mike that is the next fucking star of Compound. Yeah. And yeah I was I like, that. why'd you say that? He's like, dude, you're charisma. You're fucking shit. Like yeah. Thing, da, da, da. I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, I remember that. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I was like, dude, that's fucking badass. And then another thing was like a few weeks later. I was at home at my one-bedroom apartment. I was single at the time. I was fucking chilling. Sunday, like, after a show, I get this random number. It was like, hey, bro. I'm like, uh, hey, you're like, hey, man, it's Rockwell. I'm like, oh, what's up? He's like, <laughs> I'm super impressed with you. Like, I can't wait to work with you. I was like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, fuck yeah. Like, I was fucking, like, jacking off and shit. I was like, fuck but I was like, dude, like that fucking made me gloat, and it made me feel so good about myself that someone <sighs> like Tim found the found the time to ask someone for my number because he he had to ask someone for my number. So Mike probably, too, I asked yeah. Mike too. He gave it to me. Yeah, so I was like, fuck, man, that's awesome. Yeah, man, that's fucking cool, man. Because I, I remember all that. Once, <laughs> like I said, once you start talking about it, it refreshes my memory. It makes me think, holy fuck, that's right. Holy shit, I now remember the first time I met Richie, and now I remember the fucking eight months of not talking to you yeah. because wrestlers came and go. They came and went, and I didn't want to get to know you, and the next thing you know, I didn't never fucking talk to you ever again. I was sick of that shit because all these guys would start, they would be there for a few months, then boom, gone. Oh, fuck, that guy is missing. Yeah. So that's fucking really good because uh that, that that's cool because i didn't i didn't think a lot of people even really looked looked up to me or even noticed me there because yeah. you know fuck i was doing the hottest gimmick at the time dude you know yeah, i mean man. i mean i had people non-wrestling fans loving the gimmick because i was this fucking asshole texan and yeah. shit like that so that's fucking badass <laughs> dude uh good times man i do want to rub, rub something in your face real quick okay 
On Thursday night, I enjoyed a very great night of Jelly Roll music. Live. I mean, live. Did you now? Yes, man. I had Jelly Roll straight on the fucking stage, man. That's the second time I've seen him. And I love, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Jelly Roll is like my fucking yep, number one yep. artist. And for a long time, Eminem was my number one. Don't get me wrong. I love Eminem, but like Jelly Roll hits my fucking soul, baby. Uh, and uh, it was really fucking good. Uh, he actually almost put his dick in my wife's face. So uh, wow. me and him, I have a little bit of problems there, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with hey, it. Man. It's hey, Jelly man. Roll. Uh, and I mean, it was he was just there, dude. My wife picked this perfect spot where he was going to go every fucking time. And I had a blast, dude. And said he's going to come back in the fall. With okay. struggle for so. Waylon and Willie three, and I'm fucking excited for Dude, it, so man. Struggle, Yellow Wolf had this fucking this fiddle player named Tulane James, fucking badass. Like I love Yellow, like Yellow Wolf. He's like the only really one of the hip hop bands I really listen to. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he recently had this fucking fiddle player. You know, like I'm all bad. Dude, dude, like hip hop mixed with that kind of dark country kind of fucking. They call it hip hop, bluesy kind of shit going on with the fiddle. It's fucking dude. good, man. So he left Yellow Wolf. He plays for Struggle now. So I'm super stoked to go see Struggle and Jelly. Wolf That's crazy with because Tulane James there. Uh, Jelly Roll, <laughs> Jelly Rolls, um, DJ was once the DJ for Tech 9 and mm. now he works with Jelly Roll, which Jelly Roll's cool with Tech 9 But it's fucking cool, man. Yeah. It's yeah, really Tech fucking nine, cool. I just saw fucking Tech 9 in Rockahoma. Uh and Tech and Jelly are oh, what's Tech at that in Rockahoma? Huh? Tech was at Rockahoma? Yes. I didn't know that. He was fucking dope, man. Well anyways, Tech and Jelly Roll just just did a song together and it was really fucking cool. It was really fucking cool. Um yeah, yeah. So funny story about Tech Nine, right? Mm-hmm. So the first time I was gonna go see him was in 2005. It was the night I was gonna turn 21. My birthday's on May 8th. He came on May 7th. So you spent your your, your 21st birthday in jail. Yes. Holy so fuck. We fucking got started in my apartment. First, but... before we even get into this, dude. Okay. Okay. How did you get to go to jail? Because I mean, I'm not gonna leave these people wondering well, like, what well, what the fuck? You. How did Richie Adams go to jail? Well, that's what I want to tell you. So, uh, May 7th, you know, the day before my birthday, uh, Tech 9 came May 7th, turning 21 on May 8th. So, we started my one bedroom apartment at Sunchase. Some of you might know about that Sunchase, you know. So, we get the Caribou Lou's, like Tech 9 signature drinks, the 151, pineapple juice, Malibu rum. Start about 3 p.m. I'm fucking hammered. By the end of it, there's about 20 people in my apartment. Chick comes over, hands me a couple Xanax bars, which I'm a lightweight when it came to Xanax. I couldn't handle my Xanax. But if I took Xanax, I'm either wanting to fight or I'm wanting to steal. Just so shit. you know, I'm getting ready to light this blunt. Go ahead. Does Go it ahead. bother you? No, no, no. I don't no. give a fuck if it does or not. I just no, no, want no, to no. Know. Uh, so Xanax, man, yeah, that was probably what got me in that night. So Xanax, dude came over with a bottle of lean, took a couple of of that, took a couple lore tabs, um... Drank some more. I think you just named every goddamn drug in the fucking world. But here's one more <laughs> on top of that. This other chick came over, and before that, I'd went on this, like, six-month ecstasy binge where I had to quit doing ecstasy because it was, like, fucking my brain too much. And 
so I haven't done that in a while. So this chick comes over to my apartment and she calls me into my bathroom. I'm like, oh shit. But she's like, lifts up her uh, fucking boyfriend's hat. And there's like a few fat rails of blue powder. And so fucking up the nose it went, huh? Take that shit to the dome. And, uh... And include these people. Let them know that it was cocaine and not methamphetamines. It was ecstasy and not methamphetamines. Oh, wow. Even better. Even better that it was blue powder, that it wasn't cocaine, that it was was uh, an ecstasy and not methamphetamines. Don't do ecstasy, kids. Do not do ecstasy. Stay off drugs, kids. If you're going to do any drug, at least smoke weed. So, long story short, we had to leave... And somehow, I fucking drove. I have horrible friends. If they let me drive that night, I have some fucking horrible friends. And I'm still friends with them to this day. So tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to ask them, why the fuck did you let me drive that night? Yeah, I'm about to clear off a fucking spot on my couch for you right now. Just so, because uh, of this shit. We drive to the Canes, and I park somewhere. Dude, I'm parked fucking so far away. We're in line, dude. I'm, like, so foobard. And I'm, like, in and out. Like, I can vaguely remember, like, spots here and there. But I do remember vaguely trying to start a fight with a, like a taxi driver. Don't know why. Just because they're overcharging your ass for a fucking ride. Well, I didn't ride with him. That's the thing. Like he was just fucking dropping someone off, and it was like a yellow car. I was like, "Fuck this yellow car!" But yellow I couldn't car. tell you why. That's your new rap name. You're gonna be yellow car. <laughs> and um, so, anyways, long story short, we get inside. My friend buys me a drink, and I'm drinking this uh, my drink uh, Windex back at the time. Not too proud to admit that, but Windex is, I mean, they're actually kind of, it's like an LIT, but with blue shit in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, drinking it, and she makes the dumbass mistake and saying, Woo, A-Train's turning 21 here at midnight. A-Train, that's your name? Yeah, that's my nickname back in, back in the day. A-Train. A-Train. Yeah. Um, and a security guard hears it, and he's like, oh, you're not 21? Fucking takes my drink. So I'm pulling this Ultimate Warrior shit, like I'm all like... Give me my fucking drink. You know, and this fucking guard's like, shut the fuck up, sit down. Just so you know, people, he actually stood up and reenacted yes. this, so. Yes, I did. And, uh, I fucking, like, I'm being too rowdy. This guard's like, dude, you gotta go. So he kind of guides me out the door, kicks me out, and I kind of walk. Don't remember where the fuck I parked. So a cop was like, yeah, just go. So I'm like, walk in, and I'm like, I can get back in. So I fucking turn around, and I'm like, trying to look through the window. I was like, hey, Sorry, can you let me back in? He's like, no, get the fuck out. So I grab my ticket. <laughs> yeah, so get I grab my out. ticket, thinking that I, you know, can like I put my ticket, you know, right here on the window. I'd be like, but I purchased a ticket. He's like, I don't fucking care. Get out. So I was like, okay. So I turned around. I was like, well, the people at the front door didn't know I was kicked out. So I'll just go back to the front door. Like, everything's cool. So I go back. I was like, here's my ticket. They're like, all right, cool. And I go back in. Same guard sees me. This time, him and two other guards grab me by the fucking collar, and they literally throw me out the building. So I'm trying to go. Then I come back, and the cop sees me again. He's like, you're done. So he sits me down, puts me in handcuffs, sit on the curb. And my dumb ass is like, can I smoke a cigarette? He's like, laughs and says, sure. So my fucking dumb ass is trying to, like, reach in my front pocket to get my smokes when if I'm handcuffed in the back, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But anyways, so a cop comes, they pick me up and they take me to jail and I get there, get checked in and they bring me to this office where it's like a, like a, they ask you questions like, have you done drugs in the last 24 hours, this and this? I'm like, no, no, no. And my nose was running really bad. And I will admit folks, I was probably crying or some shit like that. 
because my nose is running so bad. Yeah. And so the lady grabs a Kleenex and puts it out to my nose and I blow. And then I had forgot that I'd snorted that fucking blue shit earlier. And so she picks up the Kleenex and sees this blue, bright blue snot shit on the Kleenex. She's like, what's that? And I'm just like, I don't know. And kind of laughs at me and like throws it away and that was it. Oh, wow. So I go back to the, the waiting room. Now, I didn't get like suited in, but I was like in like like a lobby pretty much. Yeah. And uh, they and, and they let me call whoever. So I called a buddy. He came and bailed me out. He came and got me. I went to the parking lot, did a face plant on his fucking door because I stepped <laughs> down a curb, tripped, face plant on his door, got back in. And he took me back to my apartment. Swear to God, I went back to my place. My fucking door is wide open. I never closed my door when I left. I fucking walked up to my my house and my front door to my apartment was wide open damn dude fell back to sleep sister came over she was gonna take me to lunch the next day for my birthday she came over i was like sis I went to jail last night we gotta find my car drove downtown for an hour couldn't find my car finally found it and uh yeah that was it that was the time i went to jail turned 21 in jail That's fucking crazy. Now, with that being said, I I would like to speak about your return to WFC. Awesome. So, since you're in the talking mood, let's talk about that return to WFC. Well, I had a I worked the first WFC show ever, the first ever, the uh, Pray for Rider show. Yes, awesome. yes, yes, yes. I remember, and I remember you were one of the main guys that continued wore to pray for Ryder shirt. Because every time yeah. I see you, we'd have like the same shirt. I'm like, how do I, I pray yeah. for Ryder Brothers? Fucking worked, and I beat CRD that night because you were still affiliated with affiliated with Compound. Yep. So winner gets the title shot, that kind of thing. So first WFC show, very special. You had a vision. You were like, I'm gonna do this thing. We're like, okay. Then you actually did it. I was like, sweet. I'm saying you're trying to hang this boy. You're like, nah, get the fuck away from me. So I had been compound pretty much my entire career. I'd done WFC shows off and on. Off and on, yeah. Not much. But I kind of felt like, because I did a few here and there, and when I did come, they're kind of in like 2013. Like, I understood, because I wasn't committed. Yeah. So I wasn't getting, like, spots, which is fine. But it was kind of like one of the times I was like... And it was also the down of Mike Two's uh, compound. Yeah, like, and I'm working... Here we go, we're getting ready to almost be at Mitch's compound, so... Yeah, like, I'm... Like, I have a... I'm working Drake Gallows one match, and the sheet says, Drake, 90-20. And Drake was like, I'm not fucking jobbing you out. So, like, that kind of, like, hurt me a little bit. 90-20, that don't make a guy give him sense. What was that, like, 110%? 90-20. Okay, 90-10, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Your fucking weed is like... <laughs> yeah. Grown by me, professionally. <laughs> I grew this weed myself, and he's feeling the wrath of it. <laughs> so, Back uh, to you, Richie. But it was like... Like, I got it, man. You couldn't give me a... a like, I was committed to compound. I kind of felt like I was being forced to kind of choose. But which I got it, because you don't want to... You know, like, you want... You know, someone to be all in. 
So I was like, all right, cool. All in, you said. Yeah. So Drake, you know, talked you and Dexter out of the 90-10. And, you know, and we had a pretty good match. And then um, that was about 13 or 14. I think I was champion at Compound at the time. And you and Mike kind of had these little tips here and there. Like, you were cool, then you were not cool, you are cool, yeah, then you are not yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But... I love the guy that does. Yeah. Uh, but I remembered your return to WFC. Cause yeah, I like, I was like, hey, man, I just had my kid. I took a break from Compound. Uh, Mike just sold it. Have nothing against Mitch, which I will say have absolutely nothing against Mitch. I just couldn't do it every week. Yeah. And plus, I wanted to kind of uh, reestablish myself somewhere else. Like, I think it was time to break away from just being strictly compound. And I had just turned heel. Yeah. And so I, I just like, turned heel WWC. I was a champion, right, at the time? Yeah. I was doing an open challenge. I said, well, won't you work me? Yep. And then I told you, I had this idea for a match. I want to do something different. And I'm be honest with you, all you have to do in this match is just hit me with European uppercuts. Yep. And you were like, man, this is kind of my dream match where <laughs> I just get to hit nothing but European. Yeah. And we did them every different style, from the corner to setting down, to standing yeah. up, to every, everywhere you could go. European, European, European. And we did the entire fucking match that way until the finish. And then that's when I, you know, basically do what I do and I beat people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... That's when you came back, and I started using you more often. Yeah. What? Then, before we get right into you doing London Calling, I kind of want to know how you and Dutch became, like, real close. Me and Dutch, man, that, we have a long history. So, when I, he was my trainer. He was the head trainer at Compound when I started. And I found out he was, like, a year above me. And Dutch has this fucking natural ability. He was like born to do this he like literally he can go with he he can go years without wrestling and come back and just fucking just have it uh-huh, uh-huh. so dutch was like my head trainer and with me and him the same thing as you like he was like like don't don't fucking talk to me da, da, da. Uh-huh, uh-huh. so um one night he couldn't be there and i was like well i still want to go to training so can i get your keys He's like, okay, cool. So he gave me his house address, and I went to his house. And he's like, I put the keys in my mailbox. Like, don't come to my door. Fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. So I get the keys to Compound. Uh, then I go and I meet Sam and Chris and Tony at the church. We train. It's time to drop the keys off. He was like, put them in the mailbox. I'm like, all right, cool. Put them in the mailbox. The next day... Again, don't come to my fucking door, yeah. asshole. Uh, then the next time I had to get the keys, he's like, all right, cool, just come to the door. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he, I ran to the world. He comes outside, meets me on the forwards, hands me the keys. Same thing. Come back, just fucking call me when you get here. I was like, all right, here's the keys. Now, the third time I went to his house to get the keys, he actually kind of, like, let me in his house. Then his wife was like, hey, how you doing? You want some spaghetti? I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I got to get the training. God damn you, Richie Adams. You didn't expect... You didn't accept... Spaghetti no, I, from the wife? Son of a bitch. Well, cause like I knew how fucking awkward Dutch was and I didn't want to like sit there and eat fucking spaghetti at his house and he was all like this fucking kid is like eating spaghetti with my wife, you know? So it was like So Dutch eats spaghetti. Fuck yeah, he eats spaghetti. Son he, of a bitch. He fucking squats buses. Sure he eats pasta. Yeah. Um how so that was ass. kind of the beginning of it. Uh, once he realized that I was, you know, pretty cool, like easy going, like was, you know, 
Like I wasn't, you know, like a dickhead, but he saw that I was a pretty easygoing guy. Then we changed numbers. Then the funniest thing, I had the most awkward text from him one time. He said, hey, my wife and I are at Arizona's eating Mexican food. Do you like Mexican food? Do you want to come eat some food with us? I'm like, uh, I'll come by. Yeah, sure. But it was like the most awkward, like, like, like old school. Like you see the movie old school when like warfare was like, Hey, want to see if you want to go eat a plate of food? That's what it felt like. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're yeah. eating food. Do you want to come eat some food with us while we're eating food? I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, yes. And that was kind of the beginning of our friendship. We hung out there. We had some margaritas. Like, you want to come back and chill at our house? I'm like, yeah, cool. Then after that, it was pretty much, we were fucking inseparable. Boom, shaka, locka. Yeah. Now, before we get good. into London Calling, I have to take a break. Not just a piss break, but I have a sponsor, and I have to give them some shout-out. So... Again, guys, if you're trying to do a podcast, you need to hook up with Anchor, and here's why. And we are back. Before we get into London Cullen, I want to get into your journey to TCW. Huh. When you were going, when you did wrestle Doink the Clown, Matt Bourne himself. TCW, man, that was one of the most amazing experiences of my life so that was my first out-of-state booking um i was uh, at that time i was working spavinol which i i fucking miss mwa so much oh my god mwa was so fucking awesome yeah. um dexter at the time kind of took me under his wing and um he said hey keep october 3rd fuck open. dexter nah. yeah sorry well sorry. fuck him but yeah no no i love dexter man he, shut up dexter <laughs> So Dexter was like, I talked to Matt Riviera for you and come work TCW. I was like, all right, cool. And that was before I knew what TCW really was. He said, uh, keep this date open. So the next MWA show, I wrestle Chris Morrison. And uh, I go back to the locker room. We're talking. And these two dudes come up to me. It was Matt Riviera and uh, uh, fucking Tom, I think. Uh-huh. And they were like, hey, we're so-and-so from TCW. I'm like, all right, cool. So they came there to fucking talk to me. I was like, mm-hmm. you came from Arkansas just to talk to me. I was like, yeah, it's badass. So they were like, yeah, cool, man. We'll have you in. So I go there, and Dexter gives me shit to this day, which is understandable. He called me one day and said, hey, you're working Matt Bourne. And I was kind of like, okay. And he's like, Doink the Clown. I was like, oh, yeah. So he was like, you didn't know who the fucking Matt Bourne was. I was like, yeah, but I know who Doink the Clown was. Watched him at WrestleMania 9. Yeah. And um, so I was like, that's fucking nerve-wracking. I was like, dude, you, like, you got to be kidding me. That was my first big name I ever worked. And so uh, I go there, go to Arkansas, go to TCW, and I'm chilling there in the locker room. I'm pretty nervous. Like, I, I've always been a pretty reserved guy when it came like I was like always so focused on being respectful that sometimes it was a little too much to where I was a little too quiet mm-hmm. um, and Michael Berry was there Michael Berry you know he helped train me a little bit too and he kind of helped me break the ice like he pulled me aside and said hey man like I know you but I know you're nervous but it come off a little arrogant so just to make sure just make sure you interact shake hands and, it, and like a few guys that I noticed that I didn't take canes with, I, I came up to, I went to Greg Anthony. I was like, hey man, like I'm Richie Adams. He's like, I love Greg Anthony. He's like, dude, you've been here an hour and a half. I was like, yeah, I know. So that kind of like broke the ice for me. Like they were kind of giving me shit, which is 
you know, like in a good way, but it wasn't like harsh, but it, it kind of like gave me, I was like, okay, like it's cool. Like, don't be so fucking nervous. Just, just be yourself. And so uh, that was pretty cool. And then, uh, Matt Bourne got there. So I'm talking to him and, uh, going over a match and I'm just like, I can't, I can't believe I'm literally about to work a match with doing fun. A guy that I watched at WrestleMania 9 when I was a kid, watching through the fucking, the, the pay-per-view you didn't buy where you saw like the lines and shit, where mm-hmm. you didn't buy a pay-per-view, but you like, you know, get to listen to. Yeah. You know. So I was like, man, it's fucking crazy. So we're going through it and I'm just like. That's how most of my childhood pay-per-views yeah. uh, consist of. Yeah. Of. And so I'm just Tell like. on. And so I'm just literally flabbergasted. I was like, man, I'm a fucking nervous wreck. So we're talking. And then uh, we talked through this match and. And we kind of talked through half of it, and that was kind of the first time I really had the experience of not talking through every little uh-huh. thing, you know, because, like, obviously you got to trust a guy like that, you know, he's been doing it for fucking ever, so, you know, like, I knew I was in good hands, and so, we go out there, we're working, and, like, another funny story is that same night I met Harley Race, and Jay Lethal was there. Jay Lethal was kind of, kind of a dick, but we all have bad days. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say it is personality just on one experience but uh yeah. met harley race that was pretty cool so we're working then he uh dumps me outside and we're wrestling on the concrete and he says hey let's go work in front of harley so he like brings me to the table like slam my head into the table in front of harley he picks me up for a body slam and says you good to take a body slam i was like well can i fucking i can't say no because you already have me up here yeah so I was like, yeah do it he slams me down to the concrete and the way I landed, dude, it made the loudest, like, pop. And there was probably at least a thousand people in that re- in that building. And the whole place just goes, like, erupts yeah. when I took that body slam. And that was probably one of the biggest, like, highs I've had in wrestling was taking that body slam and hearing that pop that I got. And, and then... Uh, Seeing him give me the whoopee cushion, I'm just like, fucking, this is amazing, dude. So I was kind of the first of my really big bookings. So I worked about four times at TCW, but I will say, man, that was probably some of the most biggest learning experience I've had in my whole career. Fuck yeah, man. TCW, TCW had its uh, ups and downs, so uh, we won't go into that. Um, so now... You did your thing with doing. You evolved as a wrestler. You returned to WFC, mm-hmm. and now your motherfucking ass is tagging with Dutch motherfucking Hagen, motherfuckers. Dutch Hagen, man. You decided to do this tag team called London Calling, and now you are the WFC tag team champions, people. Indeed, indeed. London Calling, man. So, me and Dutch. Fuck London calling. That's what I'm going to say <laughs> right now. The goddamn tea sweet my ass. You can fucking say that. But that was some sweet ass goddamn tea, man. <laughs> so, London calling. We were, uh, we've always been pretty big marks of the European style. Which I didn't get into European style until probably like 2012, 2013. Started watching Nigel McGuinness. I have a whole book of CDs of like ROH. And I just... I used to sit there and just watch Nigel and all those guys, man, and fucking, I love the European style. I got into, like, the chain wrestling, which everyone 
probably knows by now, but I think um, we knew we were going to tag team because we had this pretty awesome feud, and we had the first ever last man standing in VIP. And in my opinion, that was a pretty brutal match. That was pretty awesome. And uh, we knew we were going to tag team eventually, so we were like, let's do this kind of like fake Britishman thing where we knew that the people would say they're not really from England, but we knew that. So it was kind of like, kind of a, like not so much comedy thing. Like, it's like we're serious wrestlers, like serious wrestlers, but we had this like, like the tea time thing. So we just kind of all, we came up, like, I think I came up with the tea time thing. We just, just kept coming up with shit. We, we knew we liked the Union Jack flag. My color is purple. It's always been purple. Dutch's color is that lime green. So let's put them together. Let's put it in the, you know, in the uh, Union Jack. Yeah. So, so let's tweak up the flag a little bit. I think Richard Pierce has actually gotten mail, like messages from people from England, being like, "That's that's fucking wrong. That's not the." Blah, blah. But uh, but uh, yeah, Oops. that's when London Calling was born, and uh, we knew we liked that song, "London Calling" by the Class. That was our first entrance song. Mm-hmm. We're like, let's just name it "London Calling." And uh, that's when London Calling was born. We just fucking just were reminiscing. We were just kind of. I enjoy shit. the fuck out of London Calling, dude. Because every time the tea time comes on, I crack the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm very thankful that right here at WFC, um, we're able to see this shit live. Because each show, y'all come up with something more creative, mm-hmm. more innovative, more things to do. And I love that. And, and that's what makes the WFC so great. Because you got. Multiple things that you can see at WFC. Yeah, yeah, WFC. Yeah, there, there. You're competing so much with so many big characters. So I think, like, not trying to one up people. I think it's just like you got to really stay in the zone and try to think like what's going to get over, what's going to mm-hmm. kind of be that big fucking thing. Because you got so many big characters like Mr. Nasty, Riker, mm-hmm. like all these guys, man. And you got to kind of. You know, come up with these things that's gonna be big. So we like, dude, no one else does tea time. We got this fucking British thing going on, this fake British thing, and so, yeah. it's good shit, man. Um, now we're gonna go off a little topic of wrestling right now. Okay. And I got two words for you, and I don't know that's a wrestling term, <laughs> but these two words is Kim Coates. Kim Coates. This is the actor I want to talk about right now. The most underrated motherfucker yes. in Hollywood today. Yes. The guy that has been in the business for over 30 fucking years and still to this day until Bad Bloods hasn't really, 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 really had a major, major role. Yeah. Except Coates, for, except for Sons of Anarchy. He had a little, but he was still a supporting cast. Yeah. And then Bad Bloods came out. I'm an animal. Excuse me. Bad Bloods came out, and he was still a fucking supporting (laughs) cast. But season two, man. Then season two came around, and he's the fucking main goddamn character. I have seen season two. I have watched all fucking eight episodes of season two, and I 
fucking love it. It's funny because I told you it was on. You didn't know fucking yeah, it was on. Yeah, as soon as I fucking found out, guess who binge watched that shit, bitch? In one, in one night. Tim motherfucking Rockwell did. Yeah, I'm six days in and Tim watches it in one night. I'm like, hey, dude. One fucking night. Two's on. He's like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. Then he fucking is like, oh, I watched it all. I'm like, okay. Wife said she was going out. She ended up going to the <laughs> casino or some shit. I was like, huh. Well, I guess it's fucking roll up some blunts and binge watch goddamn Bad Blood Night, motherfuckers. Yeah. And I binge watch the shit out of that. And Kim Coates, man. Kim motherfucking Coates. So we're saw, not worthy. We're not worthy. Yeah, yeah, I saw Kim Coates in Resident Evil in one of the Resident Evils when I met my wife. See, I seen him long at the client. She she was into those, and I watched that. And then Sons of America came along, and I didn't watch Sons of America until. Probably like the end of season two. And I was like, Kim Coates, he's the only one I've ever seen before. Like, out of all of them. Like, Ron Perlman, maybe. Like, he was in Hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Kim Coates, he's like the most notable, I think. But man, Sons of Anarchy, best show of all time. Don't Well, it's like that and Sopranos are kind of like all in the same. Like, I can't tell you which one's better, but Son- like That's a matter of opinion, bud. Sons of Anarchy, Sopranos, best shows of all time. But Sons, man, I fucking love Sons. Kim Coates. So, so I gotta ask you, where are you on Sons of Anarchy? Like, where did you leave off on Sons of Anarchy? What season? Did season you three. Dude, Kim Coates' character gets so much bigger. Like, he gets some sh- some shit happens to Kim Coates on that. He show. plays in a lot of movies too. Yeah, a lot of fucking yeah. movies. Yeah, a lot of fucking movies, dude. So. I'm glad that we're both on the same level, Kim Coates. Yeah. Kim Coates never really got the. The respect he deserves, fuck, man. Like, Kim Coates is such a phenomenal fucking actor. And one day, goddamn, Kim Coates is going to hear this fucking podcast. He's going, thank you, Tim Rockwell. Thank you, Richie Adams, for putting me the fuck over on your goddamn podcast. Because Kim Coates should be a fucking major starting goddamn role, okay? Kim Coates will be hosting WFC next year. Yes, goddamn it. I love you, Kim Coates. Uh, in case you think that's not a girl, it's actually a dude. So, uh, Kim Coates is awesome. Uh, if you have not watched Bad Blood on Netflix, please start watching it because season yeah, one yeah, was Bad great. Bad Blood is the resurrection of Mafia. Mm-hmm. Like, I was such a huge mark for Mafia shit when I was a kid. Like, I was fucking watching Casino and Goodfellas when I was like 11 yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah. Same with me. I'm a huge Mafia fan. Yeah. So, that was like the resurrection of like. Oh, thank you, God! You gave me mafia shit. And it's all based out of Canada too, and and yeah. it's somewhat based on a true story. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, speaking of mafia, which we know mafia, you know, basically bad blood is basically about drug selling and drug addiction and drug stuff like that. You actually had a drug addiction, and you yeah. kind of want to talk about that. Yeah, I've never expressed this. In fact, I think. Oh I yeah, told breaking you- news. Stuff that you probably never heard about yeah. Richie Adams. He actually had a drug addiction. In fact, Tim, I think you've told, I think I've told you very little about uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. Very, very mm-hmm. little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is maybe two people in the business that know, but I think it's very important. You know, this is about, this is about me. This is about Tim. This is my time to kind of tell you who I am. Because Tim asked me who I was earlier, and I said I couldn't tell you in one sentence, but I think as time goes on, you'll see. But there's a difference between Richie Allen and Adam. Yeah. So Adam so. Verich, like I said, born in Louisiana. By the way, he has Mark in his last name. Yeah. Fucking. Um, so, 
drugs, man, they they uh, catch you by the horns. So I was about, I moved out. We were in Oklahoma. My dad's job got transferred right after high school when I graduated. Moved to Ohio. I saved up money, moved back here to Oklahoma on my own about a year later. Lived on my own, had my apartments, and a bunch of friends of mine, they were doing this, these things called lure tabs and oxycotton and uh, kind of started doing terrible. It yeah, it's it terrible, terrible recreationally. And this goes to tell you because it's like no matter what kind of childhood you have, you can't really say, oh, it's because like like really, like I had a, a pretty decent childhood. I mean, I wasn't rich by any means, but we we didn't have it bad. But it just rich by any means. Your name's Richie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. But um. It's kind of happened. Like I took my buddy had a bag full of lure tabs, so I took, you know, a handful, and then I was like, back in the day, live by yourself, didn't have cable, so all you had was like Fox and UPN and shit. So all, like, all I really watched was like Hell's Kitchen and um, SmackDown. Huh. So I popped two lure tabs, watched Hell's Kitchen. I was like, sweet, that was fun. I'll do it next week. I'll just pop two, and then started doing it kind of nightly. Then one day I took them when I went to work, and then. Took them more, then I was like, okay, yeah, y'all get some more. Took them, and then one day, I was uh, went to work and I didn't have them, and then I was like, ah, I feel weird. I was like, I got this like fucking this deer rear, some diarrhea, you know, uh -huh. deer rear thing going on, and kind of had this weird headache and kind of sweating and cold and hot. Then it finally, like toward the end of the day, I was like, I'm fucking withdrawing. D didn't even know I was addicted. Didn't even know. Like, because I've been kind of taking consistently, didn't really know. And that's just how fast that shit happens. And I don't, I'm not saying this this drug story to brag. I'm just saying it because it's it can happen to literally anybody. And mm -hmm. I don't, and I wouldn't take it back because I think I've helped a lot of people along the way. Because I've had some people approach me about, you know, helping them out and kind of yeah. you know, tell them like what I went through. So, uh once I realized I was addicted, I didn't make the choice I should have made, which is quit. I just made the decision to keep doing them. And so about three years had passed, and I just just did them daily. Paychecks would come. Spent my whole paycheck on lure tabs. It got introduced to oxycotton. Started snorting oxycotton's and good god, bad, motherfucker, bad, bad shit. And um, when. I had moved in back into my parents' house because uh, I had my apartment and I couldn't afford that. So I moved into my buddy's house and couldn't afford that anymore. Moved back to my parents and my dad was like, well, You Why? couldn't even afford that, could you? Live with your parents. Couldn't yeah. even afford to live with their goddamn yeah. parents. <laughs> and my dad was like, Why don't you have any money? I was like, I don't know. Like, I just got so tired of just like lying to him. Uh huh. And, um, <laughs> so, I was stealing from my dad. I was like, he had some kind of tooth problem, and he wasn't taking them, but it was still... Yeah, they were there, and you were taking them, so basically stealing from your dad, yeah. And um, I was just... And he was trying to figure out, like, why can't you get ahead of yourself? Like, why like, let me help you. And I wouldn't give him my bank statements because I knew exactly why. Yeah. Because there was a thousand dollars a month just fucking just gone. Just, yeah. 
just paychecks like a good day for me i stole a joint from my dad once <laughs> a good day for me was when i was only negative like 100 200 dollars in my bank account like it was just constantly in the red yeah and i knew i had that that overdraft fee and um you like your whole life your like your only existence is there to feed your addiction yeah it's the constant hustle the constant just like what like what am i going to do can I get this guy to front me this? I've had people that I had front me drugs and I didn't pay him back. I've had people threaten me. I've had people like I've been jumped before. I've fucking went through some shit on some yeah. people I didn't pay. Like it's it's tough a very game, man. It's, tough it's a game, very man. very very harsh thing to do. And um, I knew I, I was at a point the the point where I knew I wanted to quit was the first time I resorted to trying heroin. And heroin, man. God damn. One of the friends that I had a, a pretty constant hookup with and he would front me money for drugs and I would pay him back. And he took me over to this dude's house somewhere in North Tulsa. We'll call him Mr. Enabler. Yeah, that guy. And um I was at some fucking apartment, went in there, they were shooting up. I didn't want to shoot up. I snorted it. God man. So I had some fucking heroin. Once again, this is not something I'm proud of, people. So please don't. You're don't don't pin this on who I am now. Just the point is, is is we're trying to. You're also trying to tell people if this is something you are doing, this yeah. is something that you could kick yes. and you could change your life and become a better person, yes. which you have totally become a better person. So, yeah. continue your story. And so, I get this. Uh, couple lines of heroin and i fucking do them heroin heroin <laughs> i'm just kidding no. and next thing i know i woke up in a beanbag chair waking up in my own drool about four hours later didn't know where i was that sounds like just... a typical monday for me man <laughs> but uh i kind of woke up just kind of bolted out the door and then i kind of thought like the next few days like it wasn't like instantly but i was like man i'm kind of kind of tired of this like like i was just so exhausted of just the constant hustle and just the constant what am i doing next like how am i getting like what's next? My next fix yeah. and i just fucking did heroin for the first time i was like who i was like fuck man i was like so i knew i needed help and but by that point i was at a point where if i tried to detox on my own it was dangerous yeah very yeah. very very dangerous to do that on your own and I had gone to a doctor, you know, like by that time, and I was getting 90, 10 milligram lower tabs a month. And when they would be gone in five days, I was like, that's a problem. I was taking, the last couple of weeks before I checked myself into detox, I was taking 25 to 30 tabs a day. Fuck, God damn, dude. I get the, I would get that in a fucking uh, prescription when I broke my fucking foot yeah. in a month, dude. Yeah. And on top of that, sometimes snoring Oxycontins. And so Good God, Richard. I went home and I told my parents everything. I was like, look, I've been, you've been wondering like what's going on. I was like, here's what happened. I got, I got hooked, no excuses. Um, but I need to go to a detox. Like the only way I can get clean is if I go to a detox. I was like, if I try to do this by myself, it's dangerous. And I don't want to be here living in your house, just being this crazy person yeah so i told him and then and they weren't like 
parts they were just like i just don't know what to tell you like i don't know what i can say i was like i don't need you to say anything i just need you to know so my parents they gave me a ride to laureate and i get in there and I, I i waited there probably about four hours they didn't have a bed right away so anyways long story short now clarify you went you checked yourself in the lower yet not because you're fucking crazy but because you had a drug problem because i knew i needed like there was this yeah. drug problem was pretty probably pretty much making you crazy yes and um i had bought before i left i bought two 80 milligram oxycontins from a buddy which those are I think one of the highest things you can get back then, uh-huh. they were forty dollars a pop. Nowadays, that shit's like eighty dollars, like it's like a dollar milligram, which I cannot afford that shit now. I was like, I don't know how fucking people buy that shit now. But anyways, back then, forty dollars a pop. I go in there. I don't know. I've only bought weed in my life, so I've yeah, never actually bought that shit. And uh, when they told me I'm about thirty minutes out, I went to the bathroom. I snorted those fucking eighties, and that was kind of the one of the last times I really did it and I went to the rehab and, uh, you know, they gave me some shit during the day and night to ease the, uh, the pain. Cause dude, withdrawals from opiates, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. It's no. like, if you can have the flu and multiply that times 10 yeah, along with like a much more physical pain, like I wouldn't go to work. Like on the days I didn't have them, I wouldn't go to work. Like I wouldn't get out of bed. I wouldn't do shit. Like. It's no joke. And so, got through detox, uh, got out, did them a few more times, but I finally, like, I, I was kind of at that point where I was able to, like, I was past that hardcore withdrawal yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 And so, I, I kind of had that self-control to be like, okay, I'll just do this a little bit and I'll, you know, stop. But I kind of, I actually just stopped. Because really, addiction is about self-control. I'm not dogging the 12-step thing. Yeah. It works for so many more people. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. yeah. I've always kind of been like a... I'm a 24-step guy, right? Kind, kind of like... <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of like a, like a harsh reality. Like, you just got to just learn self-control. So, I yeah, just kind of locked myself in my apartment. And just, it's kind of like eating bad food. It's temptation. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's going to be there. You can have all the people help you. Mm-hmm. But I went to an NA meeting... And it felt like the more stories I was hearing, the more I was wanting to do it. Yeah. So it just wasn't for me. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It's just uh, not something I felt could have helped me. So I just kind of had to teach myself self-control and get into something else. So that was around the time when I kind of started so working out. what you're actually telling me is Richie Adams is human like everybody else. Richie Adams is human like every He makes person. mistakes, but betters himself from his mistakes, becomes a pro wrestler, now wrestles at Wrestling for a Cause exclusively, by the way. Uh, and we are here today. Look at you now. You're in healthy yeah. shape. You're probably dad, in the best shape of your life. Uh, your dad, your husband, and you're doing fucking awesome, man. I'm fine, dude. Uh, with that being said, man, I'm going to take another break for okay. our sponsor. Uh, when we come back, and I and I because because I can't think anchor enough because they're giving us this platform to be able to tell the story. So please check out our sponsor if you want to do a podcast. Join us, and we are back from a little sponsor break we had. Um, I actually didn't have to take a piss this time, so that was pretty cool. Uh, 
And Richie's over just killing the chest. I was about to right get up. Now. Yeah, I was about to get up, but then you started. But uh, well, you know, you took because you got damn long, well, dude. We were chilling yeah. over here for about three or four minutes, and you were just <laughs> fucking. Oh, we were just killing the chest mix. mix yeah. uh, man, we're we're almost pretty much done. I really, I'm, I'm gonna be real honest with you, dude. This has probably been one of my favorite podcasts. Like, oh. I got to learn a lot, and that's what a part of me doing this podcast, so I can actually get to know more of the guys that work for me the guys that i'm friends with because like but not just me but i want everybody that listens to me i want them to be a part of this that's why i bullshit with people that's why i do the things that i fucking do um so this part of the segment man every show here last two shows I've always been putting someone over, whether it be Alex Royal or someone putting Tommy Dean over, man. But, like, I want to do this thing. Tuck does this thing called Put Someone Over Tuesday or something. But this is part of the podcast where I just want to put someone over. And my ideas on this, and this is your opinion. Not the opinion of anybody else or any other fucking sheep out there. But this is your opinion. And, like, I want you to put someone over that you feel that doesn't get recognized or maybe that just like should be bigger than they mm-hmm. are right now and then yeah. i could put my guy over too okay um as i like this blunt all right so i think um my first thought that came to my mind was dutch and i don't want to say him because he is my partner but I think a lot of guys do recognize how... You know what? You can is. do that because you know what? what? You know who I put over? I put over Alex Royal, and that's yeah. my dog. Yeah, but Dutch gets a lot of recognition. Like, people... Like, everyone yeah, knows how good he is. fucking badass, dude. Um, like fuck so, Dutch. He's so fucking diligent. He's just, like, crisp. Like, every, every, everything he does is fucking awesome. But there's a guy I want to put over... He's a guy that kind of fell off for a while, and he started training a little bit after me, and he's kind of uh, progressed a lot, but I want to kind of put over Chris Morrison for a little bit. You slimy son <laughs> of a bitch. I'm going to allow you to put Chris Morrison over it, but I fucking feel like your slimy little motherfucking ass knew I was going to put Chris Morrison over. So now, Chris Morrison, Tim Rockwell isn't going to put your punk ass yeah. over. Fuck you, Richie Chris Adams Morrison. is. Fuck now, Chris I have Morrison. to be a problem on who I'm going to fucking put over. Go ahead. Fuck Chris Morrison. No, but I will say, man, that guy, he started, he was this fucking little scrawny dude. Um, like, he's always, like, he's never been bad. But I think when he came back to WFC, man, I watched him when he was uh, fucking tagging with Kilbane. And I was like, dude, I don't know what happened, but this guy, like, flipped the switch. And not only is his, like, physical work good, but his fucking psychology was on point. His fucking timing was on point. Like, everything was just, like, there. And, like, Robert he's got Morrison. this new gear now. Robert fucking, Morrison, man. Yeah, he's fucking bigger. He, he stepped out that fucking shield, kind of like Tim Rockwell did, like Richie Adams mm-hmm. did, like Sam Stackhouse did. Yeah. So I, I agree. I agree with everything you're fucking saying right now about fucking Chris Morrison. He stepped outside that shell. He became the fucking worker that he is, and he's man. He's just fucking really, really entertaining now. And I think him working with Greg Anthony did a lot with that too. Yeah, but I do gotta say, Sam Stackhouse, like you just mentioned, Sam, 
I can't go. You slimy no. son of a no, bitch! No, 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 Why no. do you keep stealing the names that I'm gonna put over, you motherfucker? No, no, but I can't leave here tonight without mentioning how close me and Sam are. Me and Sam broke in together. So I just have to say, like, I'm not gonna put him over. I'm just saying, me and Sam Sackhouse, that guy is like one of my best friends in the business. We broke in together. So, Sam, I love you, but I still hate you at the same time, but I love you. You know, I will say this about Sam. He's pretty good. For a big guy. He's pretty good for a big guy. <laughs> Fuck you, Sam Snackhouse. Text me back. You don't. Uh, Sam, you never fucking text me back. Like Tim. Like you're almost worse than Tim sometimes. Yo, I'm horrible this at texting me back. Like, we're talking days all later. morning. No, no, no. Tim, we we're talking at like 10:50 this morning. I'm like, okay, bro, six o'clock. Nothing. Nothing. No, they got damn word. At six o'clock, I text him back. Let's try nine o'clock. I'm fucking sleeping, Richie Adams. God <laughs> damn, man. Okay, who do I want the fuck to put over? If I have to put someone over, put someone over, they say. Put someone over. I'm going to put over Colt Kilbane. Of course you Colt Kilbane, man, he's rising in this business. He's becoming one of my favorites to sit back and watch. He's entertaining as fuck inside and outside that ring. I ask him to do something. Colt Kilbane shows up and he fucking does it. So, right now, underrated. Colt Kilbane is very underrated. New to the business. He's going to be a rising star. I promise you, watch this motherfucker rise. And it's funny that you say Colt Kilbane. I say Colt Kilbane. You say Chris Morrison. Because nothing, <laughs> We're going to fight them one day. Yeah, nothing. Nothing makes a better tag team than Colt Kilbane than and Chris Morrison. So, so, Colt Kilbane, funny thing is there's very... I don't like to approach guys and be like, hey, do this and this. Because, like... WFC has so many more guys that have been there longer than me, so yeah. I don't like to kind of step in and look like, I'm, you know. But Cole Kilbane, like, he's so young in this business, and he's so young, you know, even, like, with age. Yeah. But I've kind of messaged him a few times, like, hey, like, I noticed this, like, something very small. Uh-huh. And, like, he's cool about it. Like, he's not, like, a fucking dick, like, one of these younger kids that's like, oh, oh he's good, a fucking dick. Don't let him fool you. Well, he is a dick, but when it comes to advice, he'll fucking take it, and he's good, so... Uh, me and Colt, we actually talk a lot more than people think. We talk on Snapchat. We kind of had this idea, you know, like a few things. But so, yeah, Colt, like I do agree. Colt is very good. He is a little underrated, but hopefully Colt does good things. But I'm hoping, hoping pretty soon, me and Dutch can uh, beat the shit out of Colt Kilbane and Chris Morrison pretty soon. Who knows, man? Who knows what the motherfucking future holds? Baby, um, so hey, I want to get into this. Uh, who is your favorite top star right now? As in, who's the guy that you kind of go out of your way to watch? Like, I, I, I've already said mine multiple times was Bray Wyatt, uh, wow. and Dustin Rhodes, and Curry, <clears throat> and guys like that. I always go out of my way to at least watch them and see what they're doing. So a guy that I trust to always, like, express on social media on guys who to watch is John Cross. So I always kind of watch who he says <laughs> because the Japan shit, I don't know much people there, like, anymore. But it's like when he says, oh, this match, I'll fucking log into uh, – thank you, Sam Stackhouse, for, for giving me your login. I'll log into Sam Stackhouse 
uh, like New Japan World fucking network. This podcast does not condone his stealing of New Japan uh, footage. I'm borrowing, borrowing. Um, But man, I think... Fuck, so... Shibata isn't there anymore. Shibata, Shibata. I hope I didn't say his name right. I mean, one of the basic ones, Kenny Omega... Always go out of my way to watch him, but he's like, it's like everyone watches Kenny Omega. Like, yeah. like I always go out of my way to watch Okada. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. If I see there's an Okada match, guess what? We're gonna take time. And we're gonna fucking watch Okada. Uh, with Raw and SmackDown, I I record those, but I watch it perpetually on kind of fast forward. Twenty minutes. It's what I get of Raw and like SmackDown. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'm eating breakfast, I kind of watch on fast forward. But if AJ Styles works, I'll watch him. So AJ Styles, he's like, like I know he's so famous. It's like all like all the little kids' favorites. But really, like looking from my perspective within, like there's a few guys that almost get better as time goes on. And that was like Styles, CM Punk was one of those guys, mm-hmm. and Chris Jericho. You can kind of watch and not just like moves, moves, spots, spots, but it's like psychology. You learn a lot. Like it's now. It's only been 10 years since I've been in the business, so I'm not going to insult people like you and everyone and say, oh, my body, but it's like, I've had some injuries coming into wrestling, period, like on my back and stuff, and now my shoulder, but it's like, you kind of got to learn how to, you know, get over by, you know, emotion and psychology. And I feel like guys like AJ and Jericho kind of do that for me, so I still kind of go on my way to watch them, because I can still learn from them. Psychology is my number one thing. That's what I always work, try to work with the most. And anybody that's getting ready to work me or it's going to work me, yeah. I suggest they work my style because my style, A, saves you your body. B, gives you almost guaranteed match of the night, uh, a yeah. story of the night or something like that. So that's but what physically, I was physically, uh, Zach Sabre Jr., I go, my, okay. I go out of my way to watch him all the time because okay. I feel like He's not that, like, emotional. Like, you can't mm-hmm. see, like, oh, I love him because of his personality. But guys like me, that's a big European mark, you watch him and you're just, like, mesmerized by his fucking his wrist locks and all his fucking mm-hmm. chain wrestling and shit. So I feel like I can kind of, like, now that Nigel's out of the game, I still watch Nigel all the time. I'll go back and watch his shit. Pete done another good one, too. He, yeah, yeah, he said a, a star now. Mm-hmm. I say, like, Zack Sabre Jr., but I say all time. I mean, Nigel, man, I can always watch Nigel and just fucking just be mesmerized by his shit. So that's your favorite star now. But what about... And, and I don't... I guess I don't really classify Zach too much of an indie worker. Who's your favorite indie worker? Dude, not just because I've talked to him, but if I can watch any Tyler Bateman shit, I okay. would fucking watch Tyler Bateman. TV, man. I love Bateman, man. I knew Bateman before Bateman was Bateman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, like, I actually talked to him uh, about coming to WFC... Yeah. I'm not sure, you know. Mine's Barrett there. Brown. We we would we know. Yeah. Um, are we gonna talk about Oklahoma guys? Oh yes, that's what we're getting into now. This is my okay. fucking podcast, not yours, Richie Adams. So let's <laughs> get that right. Uh, I asked the questions, not you. Uh, but um, I mean, uh, what's with you, motherfuckers, trying to come on my podcast asking me goddamn questions? Um, Bears and your fucking weed on uh, secondhand weed smoke. So who in Oklahoma? Is your favorite? Like I've said multiple times, that Alex Royal was my favorite. He's the guy that I go out of the way, not just because he's my friend, but he's a guy that impresses me every time. Mm-hmm. So I go out of my way to make sure I watch Alex Royal wrestle. Uh, 
But again, there's other guys like that. Chris Morrison, uh, mm-hmm. Sam Stackhouse. Um, so there's other guys. I want to know who, what, who's, who impresses Richie. I'm going to kind of go outside of WFC like you just did. And that's okay. Um, a guy that I've always enjoyed. I've never got to work. Because maybe I'll, I'll book him. I want to work him so bad, but Duke Swellington. That fucking guy, I he, I watched his clips on Instagram. I Duke don't him. want to work for WFC, man. I'm trying, trying to book him, man. He gives me an excuse. So I love Duke to death, man. But I get it, man. He's loyal to Mitch, and Mitch probably doesn't want him working for me. And that's okay. Yeah, that uh, but I, but I, I agree. Him. I've known yeah, Duke since my him. debut. Uh, Michael Berry. Michael Berry, he was... Uh, Flex Zerbra. One of the guys... And TCW. You know, I'm first... with Flex and World Class, Michael Berry. Matter awesome. of fact, on June 15th, second night of the Ryder Cup, I'll be leaving the Ryder Cup from the Friday night show, heading down to Wichita, Kansas, so I can beat the living fuck out of Flex. And yes. I will be taking charge at WFC. No, I'm just kidding. Boom! Just kidding. Just spoken, motherfuckers. Yeah, anyways, go ahead and continue about Michael Flex. Michael Berry, man. So Michael Scary. One of the first, uh, like, uh, TCW we talked about, worked, going to Clown. Michael Berry was one of my other matches there. Worked him twice there. And, dude, he's always been that lead-by-example guy. Yeah. He didn't really have to pull me aside and say this and this and this. You can just watch him, and he just leads by example, man. But, you know, like Barry's said, the man, dude. I love Barry. Like, uh, when he told me the thing about, I know you, I know you're nervous, but just be... You know, be yourself, just fucking just try to shake it off, you know. You know, like he kind of showed me a lot, but it's like watching him in the ring, you know, it's, it's psychology. And just, uh, he was one of the first guys, like one of the really first guys that didn't plan anything out with me because he's like, man. Man, dude. Let's go out there. Listen to me. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first guy, like, I was able to, like, go out there and, like, listen to and kind of learn yeah. how to do shit without having to fucking. Playing all this shit out, so. And this is this is going to be my third match with Barry in a world class, and this is what we call in the business our rubber match. Mm-hmm. He beat me the first time in Tahlequah. I beat him the second time in Dallas, Texas. We're gonna go again in Wichita, Kansas. Which I'm tell you right now, he ain't gonna fucking beat me. Uh, but I it is the easiest <clears throat> fucking matches to have when you wrestle Michael Berry because he's very old school and he loves to tell a story. Huh. Sounds like someone I know. Tim motherfucking Rockwell. So I agree with the whole Michael Berry thing and... and fucking rung my bell. Oh, dude. He, Hardest forearms. Oh, dude. He rung my bell. He rung my bell at the last dial show, dude. Knock Hardest the fuck forearms out. I've ever taken in my life was from Michael Berry. Hardest. Man. I do. I really appreciate you coming on here, kicking the shit. You fucking bad influence, motherfucker. What do you mean you can wrestle again? You got me. So and we've you, had three or four matches. I'm a bad past. guy. You're a bad guy. It don't work out that way. Who fucking cares? Man, oh, no, it fucking cares. Man, it gotta make sense. I'll wrestle you right uh, now. I'll wrestle you right now. Goddamn, get us a referee. Uh, where's Kenny West at? Berryman. Uh, Berryman. Uh, anyways, uh, no, man. Uh, someday, you know, hey, it's possible. You know, I am in a tag team now. I have a tag team partner by the name of Stryker now. We're huh. forced by the WFC Board of Directors to be a tag team. So maybe one day we'll see London Collins versus Tim Rockwell and Stryker. But until then, man, we're just about out of time. I'm going to wrap this podcast up. 
I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to come on here Dude, thank you so and much, talk with me. Shoot the shit. You brought me a six pack. We were able to drink some beer. We took some shots. I smoked some weed. I didn't smoke any weed. He did. Uh, I, I smoked weed. You didn't because why? Pussy. <laughs> no, he has drug tests, people. That's why I don't smoke weed. That's the real reason Richie Adams don't smoke weed. Me, I'm going to continue smoking weed. I am an Oklahoma medical marijuana licensed user, so I can fucking do it. You can kiss my ass if you want to judge me. Hop in line with the rest of the motherfuckers judging me for the rest of my life. So, with that being said, let's touch base on social media. We're going to get into social media. We're going to end this motherfucking show, and we're going to have us a good goddamn night, Richie Adams. Hit their social media. Social media is, first of all, WFC. Go to Facebook. Look up WFC Charity. Like us. Follow Wrestling for a cause on fucking Facebook. Go to Instagram, which is my shit. WFC Charity on Instagram. You can see all the flyers posted. Follow me, Richie Adams. Real Richie Adams, Mark Averis. Just start typing in Richie Adams. You'll see me sitting there in the ring. Just find the fucking wrestling ring with me cooking me Hashtag Ricardo Adams. Rico, Ricardo, Richard. Rico Adams. That's what you're going to do. We're going to get you suspended from WFC and you're going to come back as Rico Adams. Rico. 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 Richie Adams, Mark Averis. I got cooking. I got... Baby stuff. I got the wrestling thing going on. We're on Twitter at uh, with WFC Charity. Yep. We're on um, we're on Twitch, uh, which we're going to be doing a lot of lot more live things on Twitch. Uh, we are getting ready to start a new patron where you can join our patron um, account. You could spend, I think it's up to like 20 bucks a month to keep WFC going at what we're doing. And we'll give you all this live content. We'll give you WFC magazines. We'll give you uncut raw footage. We'll give you free shit. Free shit. So that's the cool part. But we're not talking about WFC. Thank you, Richie Adams, for being here. This was a really awesome podcast. I'm going to have to go ahead and say right now that it may be one of my favorite ones to do. I don't know if it's because I was under the influence. It could have been. But this was really awesome. I'm Tim Rockwell. Thank you for being on the road with Tim Rockwell. We were not driving under the influence, by the way. Chilling with the villain.